Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Let us remain standing for the reading of the scripture this morning, which is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary. Today we have the story of two sisters. They are devoted followers and friends of Jesus. They frequently host Jesus in their home. We don't know all the details of their relationship, but we do know that Jesus was particularly close to Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. In fact, when Lazarus died, we have the first instance of Jesus actually weeping in scripture over his loss. And then he raises Lazarus from the dead. This family shared a closeness with Jesus and a support for his ministry that is virtually unparalleled in the gospels. Well, today we meet Jesus and his disciples. They are tired after a lot of walking and teaching and healing and being among God's people. No doubt, they are all ready for a rest. He finds himself in Bethany, which is near the home of his friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus has no home for himself. He's dependent upon the hospitality of others for a place to lay his head, for a place to have a warm meal. So he's hungry and weary, and like he's done many times before, he invites himself over to the home of Mary and Martha. This time, though, he invites not just himself, but also the 12 disciples who are walking alongside him. Now, it's one thing for Jesus to say, Mary and Martha, could I come and have a place at your dinner table tonight? It's a whole other thing to say, do you have room for 13 more people for dinner? Now, friends, I may have said no to this request. I have enough trouble figuring out how to feed my family of four every evening for dinner. But Martha says yes without batting an eye. 
and she gets around to hosting. Any good woman of her day would have done this. It's what the ancient rules of hospitality demanded. She's got quite a guest list to prepare for, so she gets around to preparing. You probably know the story. It's one of the most familiar from scripture. Martha spends the whole evening in the kitchen. She is cooking and cleaning, chopping the veggies and preparing the lamb. She's arranging the flowers, setting the table. She's boiling water for tea and wiping the rims of the wine glasses. Mary, though, Mary does not give a thought to the dinner preparation. She is solely focused on Jesus, his teaching, his message, the way his presence is saving her right then and right there. She is a devoted follower forever at his feet. She is a beloved child of God and soaking up this good news in real time. Well, as you can imagine, Martha is none too happy with this dynamic. I wouldn't be either. But instead of calling Mary into the kitchen and asking for a hand, she finds herself getting more and more anxious, more and more worried, more and more distracted. She beats that spoon loudly on the bowl, hoping Mary may hear and say, oh, did, did you need a help with that? She starts to sigh really loudly. You know how people do. <sighs> There's just so much to do. Hoping that Mary might say, oh, let me, let me get up and come give you a hand. Passive-aggressive behavior is not new. But none of it works. Mary stays at Jesus' feet as if she doesn't even know that Martha is in the kitchen preparing dinner. So what does Martha do? She doesn't go directly to her sister. She upsets every rule of hospitality, what is polite, what is acceptable, and out of distraction and worry, she says to Jesus, not Mary, but Jesus, hey, dude, I am trying to get dinner on the table for you and all of your disciples, and it is taking me twice as long because Mary is being absolutely no help. Can you please tell her to get off of her tush and come into the kitchen and help me, please? It's an embarrassing outburst for Martha, getting her guests involved in what should be a family dispute it's embarrassing for Mary, who's been called out and is also trying to be there listening with the other disciples. It's probably embarrassing for Jesus to be put in the middle of these two sisters. But here's what Jesus says. He says, Martha, Martha, stop worrying. Stop being so busy. Stop pitting the olives and pouring the wine. Come and listen to me. Come and listen like Mary, for Mary has chosen the better part, and I will not take that away from her. Well, if you're anything like me, a little bit busy, a little bit distracted, you may want to say, really, Jesus? Because you make a big deal about inviting people into our homes and sharing a meal with them, depending on the hospitality of strangers, but now you're critical of Martha for wanting to someone to help her do that? Who do you think fixes all these meals anyway, Jesus? If you insist on being a guest here, then somebody's got to be there in the kitchen making your meal. Jesus tells us over and over again about the power of a shared meal. But sometimes I wonder about who's cooking all those meals in the Bible. Like when Jesus says to Zacchaeus, hey, get down from that tree, for I'm coming to your house for lunch today. Somebody, either his wife or a servant, has got to make that midday meal stretch to feed one more person. 
We have all these beautiful images of the Last Supper, paintings, photographs replicating the meal of the 12 men all sitting around one side of the table. Well, I want to see a painting of all those women who were no doubt baking the bread, cleaning the linens, washing the dishes for that very same meal. Their work that made that Last Supper possible. That work that, friends, is just as holy. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Throughout the Christian tradition, people have pitted Mary and Martha against each other. Don't be a Martha, busy and working and serving all the time. Do be a Mary. Stop and listen and be still. But we're not going to do that to get do that today, pit these sisters against each other. And while Jesus does say that Mary has chosen the better part, we also know that the rest of his life and his ministry values service. Following Jesus is not an either-or proposition. He never tells us not to serve. Over and over again, he commands us and sometimes chastises us about how to use our time and our resources and our bodies to do for his sake. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, offer hospitality to strangers, give away your coats and your sandals and your money when you have enough. Last week, we heard here in worship the parable of the Good Samaritan. And after Jesus tells this story that's all about mercy, he looks at his followers, he looks at us, and he says, go, go and do likewise. Amber Lee pointed out how many verbs are in that story. Jesus wants us to do for the sake of the kingdom of God. We know that. He also wants us to stop and to listen to dwell with God, like Mary does. Jesus himself, over and over again, leads by example. We find him going away to mountains to pray or leaving the crowd so he can have time alone with God. He teaches us to abide in him as he abides in God. He teaches us how to pray as he prays. He says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and find in me rest. Jesus wants us to be for the sake of the kingdom of God. We know that about him. And here's the thing. When we spend so much time focusing on a choice between Mary and Martha, who wore it best edition, I'm afraid that we miss out on one of the most powerful aspects of this story. For this is a radical scene about who God is, where God dwells, who participates in the kingdom of God. Because today we find Jesus in the home of women, teaching and eating and having conversations with women, respecting and engaging and dining with women. 2,000 years later, we can lose sight of what a radical, scandalous scene we're in. But this was a culture where rabbis didn't even interact with women to whom they weren't married or related much less teach them the Torah, the holy books of the Bible. Women's place was in the home away from learning, away from religious authority. And yet Jesus breaks down all of these standards and all of these stereotypes, and he decides that it is going to be in this home, this day, that he wants to talk and to teach about God. He could have gone to the synagogue or the Rotary Club or the home of the wealthiest man in town. 
Instead, he wants to talk about God in this place, in the home of two sisters, Mary and Martha. Nobody's in the eyes of society. It's radical stuff. We don't have examples in the ancient world of men engaging women in such a way. Jesus comes to the least and to the lost, to those who might find themselves on the margins of society, and he eats with them, meets them where they are in their home. This makes it particularly subversive that he does not require Mary to go back to that kitchen. He says, Mary, and then Martha, you are worthy to be right here in my presence, to sit and to listen, and to learn, to soak up that good news that you are my beloved child, and nobody and nothing can ever take that away from you. The kingdom of God is yours, here and now. Fast forward 2,000 years. This is good news for us today, and it is good news for the whole world. How often, friends, do you, do we assume that maybe we're not quite good enough to be in the presence of Jesus? Maybe it's because the world tells us that we're less than, or our place is somewhere else out there on the fringes. Maybe it's because we worry that we don't live up to some kind of acceptable standard of holy living. We're not smart enough or faithful enough. Maybe we've suffered from addiction, illness of body and mind. Maybe we can list for ourselves all of the mistakes that we've made. We think that we don't have the right kind of job or live in the right place or pray the right kind of prayers. We haven't been to church every single Sunday. Maybe our heads are filled with doubts and questions, and we don't know if we can bring those to God. We worry we're too old or too young to really be in his presence. Or maybe we know, we know that we are a beloved child of God, but the world is shouting something else at us, and it is hard to get those voices out of our ears and out of our souls. Jesus and Mary and Martha embody for us today a radically different message. Jesus comes to all of us, especially those the world deems unworthy, and the kingdom of God is for all of us. Thanks be to God. In our busy world, in our busy lives with noise and distraction and never-ending to-do lists, Jesus offers this invitation. He says, you, yes, you, are worthy of love, unearned, undeserved. It is a gift, and it is yours. You deserve love and to be loved and to share that love with others. If our service in the world, our service for the kingdom, lacks the good news and groundedness and the love of God, a God who calls each and every one of us beloved, then that isn't serving anyone. But when we really take time to sit and to know this truth like Mary, then we can't help but start to know deep in our bones that every other human being is also God's beloved child. And we are called to serve and to act and to witness out of this radical truth. 
This week, it was such a joy to be a small part of Vacation Bible School experience to witness our children, like Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning Bible stories, singing songs of faith, reciting their memorized power verse, Ephesians 3.20, over and over again, knowing that God loves them and the world beyond measure, a love so big that it goes to Mars and beyond. But also, we witness them like Martha, serving. They raise money for Project Transformation, which you volunteered with a few weeks ago, a reading program uh, for students here in the Sandy Springs area. Friends, they raised $500, but there's a matching grant through Project Transformation right now, which means $1,000 because of their efforts is going to this reading program. It's a real gift. They also brought items for blessing bags and put those together uh, so that the folks who work in our police offices and fire stations here can hand those out to folks who may need them. They put their faith into action. Thanks be to God for the volunteers, the youth, and adults who welcomed Jesus so deeply into their lives that then they were willing to share it this week in service and love with the youngest among us. And today, it's going to be a great privilege to bless our youth and their volunteers as they head out for this week on their mission trip. They are going to work hard, and they are going to serve like Martha. And like Mary, they are going to reflect on that experience. They're going to pray. They're going to read scripture. In just a few minutes, all of us are going to pray over them, reminding them of the good news that they are God's beloved children so that they are empowered to go out and serve with this good news, seeing God's belovedness in every single person that they encounter. When we choose the kingdom of God, being in the presence of God who promise us, promises us a day when mourning and pain and crying will be no more, and then serving, doing our part to actively participate in this kingdom vision, then, then we have chosen the better part. Today as I close, I'm going to leave you with some homework. There's not going to be a test. It's actually an invitation and a reminder that I know I need, so I'm going to share it with you today. I'm going to read a blessing by the writer and artist and pastor Jan Richardson. You have a copy of it in your bulletin insert. I hope that you will take it home, and I hope that before you start doing any doing, any serving, anything on your to-do list, that you will first read it. Like Mary, be still and soak up that good news that you are God's beloved. And then empowered with that truth, like Martha, go out serving each one of God's beloved children. Beginning with Beloved, A Blessing by Jan Richardson. Begin here. Beloved. Is there any other word need saying? Any other blessing could compare with this name, this knowing? Beloved, comes like a mercy to the ear that has never heard it. Comes like a river to the body that has never seen such grace. Beloved, comes holy to the heart aching to be made new. Comes healing to the soul wanting to begin again. Beloved, Keep saying it. And though it may sound strange at first, watch 
how it becomes part of you, how it becomes you, as if you never could have known yourself anything else, as if you could ever have been other than this, beloved. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. As you go from this place, go with this blessing. Begin here, beloved. Is there any other word needs saying? Any other blessing could compare with this name, this knowing? Beloved. Comes like a mercy to the ear that has never heard it. Comes like a river to the body has never seen such grace. Beloved. Comes holy to the heart aching to be made new. Comes healing to the soul wanting to begin again. Beloved. Keep saying it. And though it may sound strange at first, watch how it becomes part of you, how it becomes you, as if you never could have known yourself anything else, as if you could ever have been other than this, beloved. Go forth with this good news and the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.